confessions from a pastor's wife. Thanks so much for joining me. If you like the content of this video, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the YouTube channel. You can also catch this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Today, I'm going to talk about submitting to your spouse. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, there's a directive to wives. It says, wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. That word submit, submission, obey, it's been twisted to be negative because people have abused what it means. So you see that scripture and men are like, see, you're supposed to submit to me. You're supposed to do whatever I want. You're supposed to be my beck and call girl. You're supposed to be barefoot pregnant in the kitchen. You're supposed to make me a sandwich. Like that's not what it means. So I'm going to put that out there right now. That is not what it means. That doesn't mean that you become a doormat. It doesn't mean it doesn't give him the right to abuse you in any type of way, physically, financially, emotionally. Um, that's not what this verse is saying. And it doesn't give men free reign to just do whatever they want. And you know what? If they love you as they should, they won't want to. They won't want to treat you that way. So... Um, this video isn't me promoting leaving your spouse. It's also not me um, promoting staying in an abusive relationship, especially if it's a physically abusive one. So I just want to preface that. But um, yeah, submission has just been given this horrible word because it has been twisted. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, that's definitely not how God meant it. It's not meant to silence you. It's not meant to make you a servant in the household. Um, you know, examples of submission in marriage are supposed to be like selflessness. Um, you making sure that, you know, when they come home from a rough day at work, you listen to them and it goes both ways. You want to listen to your wife as well. Um, service. So that can be anything. <laughs> it can be, you know, making them breakfast, making them dinner, um, other things that he may enjoy, you know, just, um, and then vice versa, you know, um, I, I think that this is also for, for men as well. You know, you're going to have a, re a good relationship if, if you're doing these same things, um, and then respect above all. Um, and what submission means and, and the dynamic of how your marriage is supposed to be is the man is supposed to be the leader, provider, protector. And that can be a different, like it can mean different things. It doesn't mean that he's, you know, the top breadwinner because you could be, the wife could be, but it just means that like you understand his role as being the leader of the house. You understand that he, his job is to lead you with Christ, in Christ, make your relationship deeper with Christ. And in turn, that makes his relationship deeper. Um, and I think um, when you do this successfully and you're both submitting to each other, it shows how the Holy Spirit is working in your life. You know, you're going to put others' needs above your own. And who best to start that with than your husband? 
Um, you're not going to try and see what it is that you can get out of the relationship. You know, today's culture is very much take what you can get, give little in return because you're not going to be the one to lose everything, you know, like this whole mentality of I'm going to see how much you give me and I'm only going to give you a little bit back. And some people hide that because, or they hide behind that because they've been abused. They've been walked all over. They have been treated as a doormat. And so they're unwilling to give of themselves because they've been so hurt. There's not much left to give, right? So, um, and that comes from you need to heal your trauma before you even get into a relationship. No one wants a half of a person, you know, this whole, um, you're my better half. No, no, you're supposed to be the whole person. You're both together, whole people coming together. Um, and then wives submitting to the husbands, um, the husbands feel okay to provide and protect. There's nothing worse than a man feeling demasculated. And I think it's really easy to do that in today's culture. And I feel like a lot of it comes from money. Um, if you make more money than your husband, that can already be demasculating to him. Don't make it worse by like thinking that you wear the pants and that's that's not submission, that's selfish, that is selfishness. Same thing goes for the husbands. Just because you make all the money doesn't mean that you get to um, hold that over her, <clears throat> excuse me, hold that over her, lord that over her. So you have to be really careful. Um, and then when you can successfully submit to each other, you're gonna find that communication is easier and forgiveness is easier because what's going to happen is your pride is going to be put to the side and whatever happens, an argument that you have, um, whether it be big or little, you're going to be able to forgive your partner and, and just move forward. You know, 1 Corinthians 13, you know, that whole love is patient kind. It also says that love um, keeps no record of wrongs. So... Once you forgive, you are going to move forward and you're never going to bring it up again. You know, you're not going to drop that atom bomb that a lot of women do when you're having an argument and then you just drop, oh, remember when you did this and that. Like, no, that's not love. That is not the definition of love. Um, and so when you're able to submit to each other, you're able to forgive easier and put all that aside. Husbands are also told to love their wives as Christ loved the church. I'm going to go into this a little bit more in depth in my next podcast, but I still wanted to touch on it because I don't want wives to be like, well, what about them? <laughs> you know, so Paul writes in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Um, he who loves his wife also, sorry, he who loves his wife loves himself for no one hated his own body that he feeds and cares for. So, you know, women, women came from man. We, Adam was created first and then God saw that he needed a partner. It wasn't good for him to be alone. So he took the rib from Adam and he made woman. And when Adam came to, he said, this is flesh of my flesh. He recognized himself in her. So, um, he's supposed to love his wife as he loves and cares for himself. That's the directive to men. Um, it's a serving and sacrificial love. And that's why it's compared to love your wives as Christ loved the church. Jesus 
willingly died for his bride and he loved the church and served the church, right? So husbands, you need to be willing to die for your wives. And I'm not just talking about a physical death. I'm talking about dying to your flesh. There's a lot of temptations out there, especially now with the ease that we can connect to each other. And cheating, whether emotionally and physically, is very popular. It's very easy to do now. So I feel like if you are a Christian and you understand what dying to your flesh means, then the odds of you cheating is very low. And if you look at your wife as yourself, would you really want to give yourself that much pain? Would you want to go through that? You know, and it's, I'm not saying that Christian relationships aren't going to have their struggles. And I'm not saying that they're never going to cheat. You know, I do know of some couples who have unfortunately fallen to the temptation and they're Christians, but they're trying to work it out, you know, and it's difficult. But if you can successfully die to your flesh, Satan will throw all those temptations at you. And the key is to not give in. So, you know, for myself in my first marriage, I, I let him lead and I didn't even realize I was doing it. Looking back on it now, I can see that I let him lead. I'm very old school in the fact that like, I know that the man is the head of the house. It's just how I was raised. I've been, I've been shown bad examples, but I knew within my core that I wanted, um, a man to, you know, protect and provide. And I know, don't just mean financially or whatever, right? So um, I just know that that's the way that that relationship was supposed to be. And, you know, unfortunately, my first husband led me down a path of immorality. And it kept going to the point where I could no longer recognize myself. I was trying to be that good, fun wife and wanting to give him what he was looking for and it it cost me my identity and it was honestly the demise of our marriage because I felt like no matter how I felt whether or not I wanted to do whatever he wanted to do I felt like if I didn't he would hate me for it or resent me for it and I didn't feel loved or protected and then I got really nervous about it. And that was like the demise of our relationship, in my opinion. You know, I didn't feel cared for. I didn't feel loved. So um, in the second marriage, now that I'm remarried and I'm purposefully walking with God and my husband does the same thing, we're able to walk in the Holy Spirit as a couple. I feel that I am protected. I am safe. He is leading me. I have a deeper understanding of, of God, of Christ, of the Holy Spirit. Um, that hunger that I have when I was little is back. And it's all because of him. He leads our household in that. And um, it's easier for me to submit to him because I feel safe. It's the bottom line right there. So and I mean, the choice to love each other every single day, it's its a choice. I'm going to say that right now. This whole love is an emotion and love at first sight. No, you love is a choice. 
If you make it an emotion, emotions come and go like the wind. They blow every which way. And a moment that you don't feel like you're in love anymore, you're just going to cut and run. That's why the divorce rate is so high. They don't feel in love anymore. That's not a feeling. It's a choice. It's a choice to love your spouse no matter what happens. It's a choice to love your spouse through thick and thin. That's why back in the day, there were these, these marriages... And, and at the times when God was more prevalent in our society, um, you see these marriages that last 50, 60, 70 years. It's because, not because they were, never had a fight and they were just so blissfully in love all the time. No, that's not life. Half the time, there's things that I do where I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you put up with that? Like, <laughs> there's times where I don't even like myself. So of course your your partner or, or even myself, there's things, you know, there's days where I'm just annoyed. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, and it's just, but I choose to love my husband no matter what. And um, no matter if, you, if I get frustrated and I, it always comes back for me to, you know, submitting to him, but also first Corinthians chapter 13, it keeps love is patient, kind, never boastful. Um, it's it's peace it it doesn't keep any records a record of wrongs and i think that if we all act that way you know then we we will find it easier to submit to each other um and be able to make it through the things that the trials that you're going to go through the seasons where it's going to be harder than the last um to get through so submission for me, the way I look at it now is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful expression of your love and commitment to your partner. And it's two-sided. Even though the verse says wives submit to your to your husbands, there is submission involved in your hus the husbands as well. You know, they're supposed to love you as they love themselves. That is a submissive act. That is a selfless act. So um, I think that we need to turn that word submit into a positive and find the beauty in it and the respect in it. And I think that if you understand it from that point of view, then it's not hard for you to do. At the end of the day, God wants you to have a relationship with your spouse that is full of peace and understanding. God does not give us a spirit of confusion. He does not give us a spirit of fear, of anger, um, of grudges, nothing like that. Those are all ploys from the enemy. The enemy does not want marriages to work. Plain and simple. Does not want marriages to work because that's unified. And if they're rooted in Christ, he definitely doesn't want that to work because what that's going to do is filter down through generations. And then you're just going to have this whole army, generational Christians, having successful relationships and just passing it down, being rooted in God and, and learning to submit and all of that stuff and, and finding the beauty in it. So uh, I hope... Whoever heard this is encouraged by it. I hope that you were enlightened by it. If you have any questions, again, please feel free to re reach out. Um, if you want 
to comment, go at right ahead. I love reading the comments and I will definitely get back to you. You can email me if you have any questions. Um, if you have any disagreements with me, I'm also very open to, to listening to that and having a conversation. I love other people's points of view. Um, and uh, just want to thank you so much for supporting me in this venture. Thank you so much for joining me tonight on Confessions from a Pastor's Wife. Tune in next week, Thursday at 7 o'clock. I will be going in depth on the husbands and what their role is in a marriage. Have a great evening. Mm -hmm.